Welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing In a Holidays by Christina Lauren. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with the along with the link to our Goodreads, as well as our favorite independent bookstore here in Tucson, mostly books. Remember, shop local, shop independent. I've never said that before, but there you go. Um, in a holidays. I picked this one. Right, right. And I picked this one because it was already on my shelf, mm-hmm. and I didn't get to read it last year for the holidays for whatever reason. And I wanted to read this because the other option that I had was a um, a Christmas book from Harlequin. Oh, and we had just gotten done, and we had just finished our Harlequin and had not enjoyed our Harlequin. And so I said, "Okay, Fuck it. let's do in a holidays because I have it." This is a book of the month. Book? Yeah, you got the book of the month edition. I, yeah, I did not. I have the regular paperback. Yeah, from December twenty twenty, so it's aged a year. Mm-hmm. Pure, irresistible magic from start to finish, says Emily Henry, New York yeah. Times bestselling author. Cat had problems. I yeah, and I'll get into them, and we'll see if you can convince me it was better than it. I think it was, <laughs> or if I can be it was worse. We'll see. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis, but I'm also going to read the intro to the synopsis because I hate it. The tagline. Go for it. Here we go. One Christmas wish, two brothers, and a lifetime of hope are on the line for hapless Malin Jones in In a Holidays, the quintessentially romantic holiday novel by Christina Lauren, the best-selling author of The Unhoneymooners. Okay, I just had to read that because when I opened it and I read it and I was like, that sounds like a weird porn scene. Like, you're wishing for a threesome amongst (laughs) other things. I never read it. (laughs) I never read the synopsis. Which is why it makes it worse. Because I'm like, um, (laughs) did they knowingly do that? I don't think so. Because their books are really tame. Their newer ones are. They're very, almost sexless. Their older ones? Are raunchy? Yeah. Well, maybe I'd like them better if we read the older ones. Okay. Here's the actual synopsis. It's the most wonderful time of the year, but not for Malin Jones. She's living with her parents, hates her going-nowhere job, and has just made a romantic error of epic, epic, oh my god, proportions. My mouth did not want to make those those noises. (laughs) But perhaps worst of all, this is the last Christmas May will be at her favorite place in the world, the snowy Utah cabin where she and her family have spent the holidays every year since she was born, along with two other beloved families. Mentally melting down as she drives away from the cabin for the final time, May throws out what she thinks is a simple plea to the universe. Please show me what will make me happy. The next thing she knows, tires screech and metal collides. Everything goes black. But when May gasps awake, she's on an airplane bound for Utah, where she begins the same holiday all over again. With one hilarious disaster after another sending her back to the plane, May must figure out how to break free of the strange time loop and finally get her true love under the mistletoe. Jam-packed with Yuletide cheer, an unforgettable cast of characters, and Christina Lauren's trademark downright hilarious hijinks, this swoon-worthy romantic read will make you believe in the power of wishes and the magic of the holidays. 
Okay. What um, were your expectations going in? I, so, we always talk about we don't really read the blurbs ahead of time. No. Um, we do if we're going for something really specific and we mm-hmm. want to make sure it fits in. But I hadn't read the blurb until today, right? Yeah. Um, my expectations were like longtime friends become lovers fall in love feel. Mm-hmm. And maybe some sort of love triangle. Okay. Which we got. Kind of, yeah. But not successfully. Um, I didn't have a lot of expectations, especially after reading our anthology. I didn't have super high expectations. Because for some reason, I don't know why people can't write a fun Christmas story for adults. Because Christmas for adults is sad. I like Christmas. I don't like Christmas music, but like I like Christmas. I think that Christmas is a cash grab. Oh, yeah. That's, it's like all those Hallmark holidays where just Blech. they benefit, you know? Yeah. That's a thing. So I was excited because I love Christina Lauren. And as we know, I've been reading them since the dawn of time, it feels like. Um, so this one is a Groundhog's Day time loop Christmas. Right. Not Back to the Future, as no. is mentioned. Yeah. It's, it's Groundhog's Day. Where she just keeps reliving the day. And every time she, like, if she doesn't mess up on day one, she gets to do day two. But if she messes up there, right back to the plane. Right. But it's always a freakish accident. Like, the first time she falls down the stairs. Yep. Wakes up on the plane. Yep. She has a tree branch fall on her. Wakes up on the plane. Yep. She's got that. The first one is the horrific car accident. Right. Wakes up on the plane. Right. So I will say when starting this, because Kat, you read started this before I did. Yes. I think you finished it before I did too. Yeah, I finished this a few days ago. Yeah. I finished it yesterday. Well, as long as you finished it, we're I fine. Did. I did. And I finished it early in the day yesterday, so I'm really glad about that. I finished two books yesterday. Cool. On a roll. <laughs> <laughs> so um I was excited, but this is a time loop. I've never read a time loop novel where you just keep reliving the day. I feel like that would be horrible and god-awful, and I would never want to do it. It was only three chapters worth of content, but it was ridiculously obnoxious. You found it obnoxious. I found it so annoying. And I don't know that it was the actual time travel that was annoying. I think it was her. Okay. I think it was May. Okay. Yeah. Because she was a little crazy after a while. And, like, I understand the implications here. If I felt like I was reliving the same day over and over, would I not have a meltdown? Of course. But I think because it was like it took her so long to accept the fact. And she kept trying to convince everyone of stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, bitch, just be quiet for a day and see what happens. Yeah. Like, just watch the stuff unfold and try to figure out why you're repeating. And she couldn't. She could not shut up ever. I mean, I would probably have the same reaction as May, though. I am also a human disaster. I just, I wasn't entertained by her. <laughs> That's fair. So what happens is, is their first Christmas in this uh, Utah cabin. She and her best friend, Theo, who are two weeks apart, get drunk on eggnog and make out. Sure. Which, Sure. Accepted. Like, we accepted that's a thing. But it was a bad makeout. Like, it was not good. Not good. It was just not good. And Theo is like a player. 
He's got all these women all the time. You know what's weird is that he's not really written as a player. No. They're like, back at college, he's in a frat and stuff. I'm like, okay, but but what frat? Because <laughs> when they talk about like what he's doing with his life, he like he's not a business bro. Like no. I don't whatever. It was just it was weird. So they make out, she realizes she's completely fucked Christmas because she's not in love with Theo. She's in love with Theo's brother Andrew. And has been since she was thirteen and she's now twenty six. Yes. And there's only a three year age gap in this one, so we're not freaking the fuck out. No. Um then they realize at the end of Christmas, right before everyone goes home, that the Hollis family, who is Theo and Andrew and their parents, Mm -hmm. are going to be selling the cabin. They can't keep up with the repairs any longer. It needs to go. Also, that announcement, I think, should have come earlier in their vacation because they're there for days. They're there for six days. And I think that if you were the Hollis parents and you knew that every Christmas for the last 30 years – you've spent there with these people, you might want to give them more of a heads up than the very last minutes of your time there being like, by the way, next year will be new traditions because we're selling the place. It's, I would want to know beforehand so that we could make the most of it. Make the most of it. Or take things that are sentimental to you. And just finalize my time there. Like, yeah, when my I grandparents don't. sold the only house I'd ever known them to live in mm-hmm. when I was a teenager, they sold that house. We were there when they were doing the yard sale to unload a bunch of stuff before they moved. So, like, we were given the opportunity to say goodbye to the property, the house, and yeah. the, you know, the barn that we used to play in and, and the pool and all that stuff. We had the opportunity to. And we knew it was happening prior to that. So, it mm-hmm. was our chance to say goodbye and take the things that we found sentimental. Whereas here, they're like, oh, and by the way, glad you had a good six days because you're never going to see this place again. I think it's really frustrating because I'm someone who's not generally super mushy, but I do get very sentimental about certain things. And if this was me, I would have been really angry, I think. Yeah. I know they're all very sad, which is also an acceptable emotion. But I would have been really, really angry. Well, the kids especially, and I say kids, um, they call themselves kid-ups mm-hmm. later. Because they're no longer the littles. Because now they're little When I littles. was little, I called myself a wee-dolt. A wee-dolt? Mm-hmm. That's adorable. Yeah, that was my thing. I, you know what? Out of everyone, if they were going to have like an adult child, you were the adult child. <laughs> like, if you think about uh, our friend group, you were the adult child. Yeah. Well, that's great. 100%. <laughs> My nephew is the adult child. See? It just falls <laughs> to certain people sometimes. So the kids um, are, they were raised there. Every Christmas mm-hmm. they were there. Um, sometimes 4th of July they were there. That was it's, their place. Um, like a family thing because the Hollis grandparents bought it mm-hmm. back in like the 60s or 50s or whatever. Yeah. And so it's been in the family for years and years and years. And so it's like a tradition. It's like a huge part of the year that everyone looks forward to because that's the magical time where everyone gets along. Yeah. And so the, you know, they're all upset. May and her family leave. Now, May's parents are divorced. Mm -hmm. And it's just May, her mom, and her little brother, Miles, Mm -hmm. is 17. They live together. And then the dad lives elsewhere. 
and the mom got remarried and there was weird flirtation between her parents throughout that I was like, is she going to divorce that Victor guy and then get remarried to Especially her at the end. It wasn't yeah. clear at the end if they were still divorced or not because I felt like it was weird. Yeah, that felt weird. Um, so they're, <coughs> they're on their way back to the airport. And on the way back, May sends that plea off to the universe. Like, what do I do? Help me. Show me what I need to be happy. And this is a point in her life where she's doing the oh, woe is me version of feeling sad. Like, everything sucks. My life sucks. My job sucks. I live at home. We're losing the cabin. Mom and dad still aren't, you know, getting along. And it's like this litany of why she's upset. And like all valid, but it just, it comes crashing. It comes crashing in on her really quick. And it's quick. a lot. Well, and while they're, she's doing her woe is me thing in the car ride back to the airport, they get hit by a truck that ran a stop sign. The truck is carrying Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, it goes black. And when she wakes up and comes to, she's on a plane. And she wakes up, like, screaming. She wakes up screaming. She does it every she- single time, and she's usually really mad. <laughs> <laughs> she wakes up screaming, and she's always hitting Miles. Poor Miles. Her little brother. And he's always like, what is your problem? And he's 17, right? Yeah, he's 17. Is it 10-year, 9-year age gap? He oh. was an oops. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, so she relives her day, and the first two times that she has to relive it, she doesn't do a great job. She desperately wants them to believe her, Uh but she also doesn't try to, like, stop things that are happening that are bad. No. Well, the first time she real the first time she relives it, she's like, "Oh, this is where the um the little kid is going to get struck down by the corgi." Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy is going to get struck down by the corgi. It's going to be real bad. Well, and she talks to Benny. Benny is her parents and the Hollis parents and the gay couple's best friend from college. Mm-hmm. And Benny is from Australia. And He's a locksmith. He, from Portland. And she tells him because she tells Benny everything. Mm-hmm. And Benny's like, uh, how high are we right now? <laughs> like, Have you already gotten into the eggnog? What are you talking about? And he says, you need to go talk to your father. He's a doctor. Well, he's an OB. He's not a doctor. <laughs> he delivers babies. <laughs> it's different. Mm-hmm. But she goes, you're right. I should go talk to him. And when she goes, Benny's room is in the attic. When she goes to go down the stairs, she falls down the stairs and wakes up on the plane again. Again, screaming, again, hitting miles. She relives the day. And this time she's able to say... She makes it further. She makes it further in the day. She gives Benny whatever the code word thing, or like the the secret that only he could tell her thing. And it was that he worked as like a nude waiter in Sedona, (laughs) which is like hilarious. Which makes sense because if you're from Arizona or you know anything about Sedona. Sedona's where some weird shit goes down. I've never heard of a nude restaurant. But it's funny. But it, it, yeah. Um, so she makes it farther, and each day is themed of their vacation. So she makes it to the snow sculpture competition day, mm-hmm. but then is taken out by a tree branch. Because the tradition is completely ruined when they start a big snowball fight and destroy all the snow creatures. Yeah. And she's trying to get them to stop. And it's this time when the tree branch falls on her and she wakes up that she has the conversation with Benny, explains to him, here's the secret, here's how I know we've had this discussion, and here's how you know it's real. This is something that I know because you told me the last time. Tells him the secret thing, you were a nude waiter, whatever. And he was like, okay, 
So it sounds like your goal is to create new traditions so that we're happier. So then she realizes that everything that they're used to needs to change. So like going through the motions is no longer enough. Like yeah. there's not as much bonding. There's not as much whatever the thing is. And so she's learning. She has to like kind of change traditions, uh-huh. not fully, but like make some changes just and participate more. Yeah. Make them new. Participate more. Um, like show that you're enjoying this. Show that this is what makes you happy or change it to make you happy. It's yeah. kind of the, the deal here. And as it goes on, she realizes that she now has an opportunity to make Andrew know how she feels. And she doesn't do this very well. No. She kind of springs it on him. At the Christmas tree farm. And he doesn't know what to say. But then they end up having sex. Yes. And they end up kind of, they're they're together, but in a quiet way. They don't want to tell their family because everyone in the family is convinced that she and Theo are meant to be. Right. Because they're the same age and they're like always the like go-to person when they're growing up and all Yeah, they're each other's people. Yeah. But they keep it a secret and it starts to crumble because they're keeping it a secret. But then Miles walks in on them. Benny knows. You know, she's still trying to stop the sale of the cabin. And Andrew's like, you have to just let it go. Like, they're going to sell it. She's like, this can't happen. You don't understand. This is everything to me. Um, They go on a scavenger hunt. And she keeps messing up on the scavenger hunt. And the universe keeps trying to get her to reset. Like, there's a huge car accident that she barely walks away from. So, but that part is because she went after Andrew when he was in a store and then Theo found out and instead of like owning up to her actions or whatever and staying with Andrew and letting Theo go, she was following Theo. Yeah. And so she like very narrowly misses being sent back to the plane when an awning falls on her or right where she had been standing. Yep. And so that's when she kind of freaks out and she's like, she's like, Miles, punch me in the face. And he's like, what? (laughs) And so everyone's like kind of acting scared where she's having like, what they view as a mental breakdown. Yeah. Like a bad one. And it's just that she's done with going back and having to relive all of this and try again every time. When in reality, she's only done it three times at this point. She's just losing her grip a lot. And then when everyone's kind of settled down and they're back at the cabin, she goes to find Andrew and she tells him like the whole story. Instead of outright being like, I don't believe you, he's more upset that in the alternate version of history, she made out with his brother. But it was an alternate reality in history. Like, it wasn't real. The universe was like, well, that's a reset. Right. And then, so she's like, I need to apologize to him and all this stuff. And it just goes through this, like, really depressive episode that's, like, three chapters long. Yeah. Are you her being sad. And he doesn't want to be around her. He's going to leave a day early. It's all kinds of Which really blows. Like, as someone who's lived through, like, a sad Christmas, it is sad. And, like, you don't want to be around people. Yeah. But she also was, like, not making things any easier on anyone. No, she really wasn't. And they, you know, they in the end, they make up. And then it has the quintessential, we're going to get married epilogue. Oh, and they do save the, cam- the cabin because Benny invested in Spotify in the early days of Spotify. And then sold some shares and has a boatload of money, so he buys the cabin. Thank you. 
stealing my thunder. I love Benny. I think yeah, ben- he was the best character. Benny was a hundred percent. Benny and then Miles. Because Miles is just kind of a teenager going through life, and then he finds out these things about his idol that he's just like, but why? And they do it when they do two truths and a yeah, lie. He was, I think, probably one of the better, like, better written characters. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest issue with this book is that you're thrown into a 13-character household in the very first chapter. And it is hard to track them in the first three chapters. Oh, yeah. But then it, like, kind of simmers down to just, like, five. And then yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I can keep better track of this. If you, I texted you and said, I think I need, like, a family tree. I need a map of who these people are. It was a lot. And, like, they're not all related and their descriptions are very brief. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was it was hard to track them at the very beginning. It got yeah. easier throughout the rest of it. Yeah. But not not a great way to to like roll us on into that. Yeah, I needed they they needed to put a family tree to like tell me how everybody knows everybody. Yeah, would have been easier. But it and was- I think the use of nicknames is always really difficult. And part of the weird thing was that like Andrew and May had nicknames for each other, and everyone had nicknames for May Noodle and Benny. Yeah. But that was kind of it. Yeah. No one else seemed to. And, like, the nicknames were never really explained. No. And some of them didn't make sense. So, like, with the nicknames between Andrew and May, they call themselves Mandrew and Maisie. They're 80-year-old counterparts. Yeah. And they speak in old people voice kind of a thing. And then they call May Noodle. Yeah, everyone calls her Noodle, but doesn't ever explain why. No, we don't know why they call her Noodle. Um, they call her Mayhem, Mayonnaise. Benny does. Because like, it she, changes all the time. She and Benny give each other weird nicknames constantly. Yeah. Um, they should have stuck with Mayhem. That was the best description of her. Mayhem Jones. Mayhem Jones. Um, I can see how you had some issues with it. And that you, you really did not like the time loop. I didn't appreciate the time loop for what it was. I know that some people are like, oh, that's kind of funny or whatever, but she was just annoying me. And there was a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. for her to fix the problems. From the start. And instead, she was just really, really like, dumb about it. Well, she's got this shitty job. That she doesn't like anymore, and she lives with her parent, her mom, and and stepdad, and her brother, and she's in love with Andrew. She won't say anything to him, because she doesn't think it'll be reciprocated, and there's just all kinds of stuff. And then she gets the spur of the moment thing at the Christmas tree farm, just to tell him that she's in love with him, essentially, and to quit her job right then and there. And, like, the when they go sledding thing, and... Yeah, to not go with her dad, to go with Andrew, so that they can go down more... Because her dad's very, like, I don't want to do it. He's not good at it. No, he's not. I enjoyed it for what it was. It's, like I said earlier before we started this, it's not my favorite Christina Lauren. Yeah. Because my favorite Christina Lauren will always be Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating. Christina Lauren books so far for me have just been very bland. I am going to try and find the spicy one. Okay. 
And it's beautiful bastard. It's, it's like you're at like a slow simmer for the whole book. Yeah. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of emotion. Uh-huh. But there's not like an actual true climactic moment. No, not really. And I, that's boring to me. That's fair. I can see that. And I'm not, I'm not talking just like a sex scene because they had sex. Mm-hmm. It was also like a paragraph long. In a boathouse in some dusty old sleeping bags with no heat. Well, they were the heat, Jessica. Come on. <laughs> Come on. They zipped two sleeping bags together and kept warm. It was sexy. Okay. Okay. But they, I don't know. I didn't feel the chemistry between our two main characters. They're supposed to be madly in love with each other. Okay. And I don't feel like there was fair. very much there. No, because the entire time it's May like crushing on Andrew and Andrew not knowing and then it's immediate turnaround for Andrew. So I don't think they had time to build their chemistry. Yeah. And that that they didn't they just didn't have that time. And they didn't have a lot of interaction because a lot of times they were interacting with the family and they didn't want people to know that they just had sex in the boathouse. Right. And had been making out in closets. The making out in closets thing is a little weird to me. Um they played a game called Sardine. Yeah. Did you ever play that as a kid? No, we just played normal hide and seek <clears throat> growing up. So Sardine apparently is a game where it's like hide and seek, but instead of there being a single finder. Or like a base. Yeah. The one person goes and hides himself and everyone goes to find that person. But when they find them, instead of saying, you're it, they crawl into whatever space it is that they hid in. And hide with them until everyone is in the the room. Yep. Or space or closet or cupboard or whatever. Right. I would hate Sardine. Unless you're trying to feel up on someone, you don't really need to play that game. No. And I think that's, it's more of a little kid game. And so they're playing because of the little kids. And I get that. Um, It was also just a way to write in some secret closet touching I don't like that wording. Secret closet touching. But that's what it is. It's like seven minutes in heaven. Yeah. Never played it. Never wanted to. No. Not with the boys I went to school with. Ugh. But yeah. So, I mean, the end is like the picture perfect ending. He surprises her by proposing. Um, Benny has bought the cabin and already done a ton of renovations by the time they get there for 4th of July, which is about six months later. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that Andrew asked for her hand uh, in their second month of dating, and they've been living together. She's got and a good job. All now. this stuff. So, yeah, I. It was wrapped up all nice and pretty with a bow, mm-hmm. but I don't. Where in the book did you go from? I don't like this. To this is kind of okay because I know we talked about it a little bit last night. Mm. Was it like halfway through? Probably. Okay. Okay. I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was fun the whole, like, most of the way through. There were things that irked me, like the chemistry situation. Yeah. And how quickly um, they decided to get married six months in. I know you've known each other your whole lives. Yeah, so it was an easy decision. But is it, though? Yeah, if you're that in love. No. Come on. No. You need more time together. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> So this, I guess, is going to be kind of a short one because we don't really have a lot to say. Because it was boring. You found it boring. Yeah. Because so Okay, so convince me. What was the excitement? 
I enjoyed the time loop. I oh, wasn't annoyed so you by hated it. That. I wasn't annoyed by the time loop. I thought it was a good plot device. Was it the best plot device? No. But I thought it was a good one. It was a decent one. And it's something that you don't often see in romances mm-hmm. that are outside of like a fantasy romance. Okay. I think that's fair. I think it's just frustrating on like, I don't even understand why she didn't know what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, she didn't know the movie Groundhog's Day. Yeah, I don't know. Which, how do you not know that movie? Like, it's a cult classic. Everyone knows that movie. I don't know. Whatever, I guess. Um, Try to convince me that it wasn't as good as it was. As I found it. It This isn't a five-star book. No, definitely not. It was just so boring. Like, we don't get any closure for Theo. And he's the one that was, like, kind of in love with May. Yeah. And wanted to, like, that's... So that's why they were, like, making out or whatever. Was because somewhere he does have feelings. And then he realizes when he, like, loses his head... That, like, oh, he maybe messed stuff up and he should apologize and he goes through that. But she, like, doesn't give him the time of day, which is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not enjoy – I just didn't enjoy the divorced parent aspect of this. Divorced parents still having Christmas together. And I understand the, like, why. Like, neither of them wanted to give up their time at the cabin and they didn't want to do, like, off years and mm-hmm. stuff. But, like – the extent that they go to be a quote-unquote family is, like, a little bit weird. Yeah, that's um, fair. You don't need to travel all together. You don't need to drive everywhere together. Like, you, you don't want to spend every minute together yeah. in order to have a good sentimental nostalgic type. Like, my parents got divorced when I was 15. They split when I was 15. I think their divorce finalized, like, a year later or something like that. Is that 15? 14. Somewhere in there. It's 14, 15. Um, and the first couple years were rough. Like, my parents hated each other. It was rough. But then they became good friends. Like, they were yeah. almost best friends by the time my my father passed. Well, and see, that's the other thing is they don't show the parents in, like, a friendly light because, like, that I think would have helped a lot. Yeah. Because they, they're not together. They're not together. But they're not really friends. But they have, like, that special spot in their heart. And they weirdly flirt mm-hmm. in a couple of the instances where yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. I just didn't feel impressed. Okay. By hardly any characters, honestly. Okay. Like, I liked Benny. I didn't really like May. May was a disaster. Well, like, not even for the reasons that she listed. Like, just because, like, the way she chose to handle people mm-hmm. and the way she chose to manipulate her times that she was sent back, like, she could have done better. Yeah. And she was being very selfish. And I think that was the point, but it was just frustrating. Okay. You found her selfishness frustrating. Yeah. Which I think, for you, makes sense because of who you are as a person. <laughs> Maybe. I just, I feel like if you got sent back and you're like, this is weird. It's like deja vu. Maybe just see how the day plays out. Yeah. Maybe just see how it goes. Instead of like freaking out and yelling at everyone and And telling everyone what's going to happen before it happens. And they're all like, what the hell? And then 
It didn't stop anything. Everyone still gets injured. Yeah. Like, Andrew's sweater still gets eaten by the corgi. Oh, yeah, that ended up happening anyways. Also, why did no one take the corgi to the vet to make sure it didn't eat more of the sweater and not just tear it apart? I don't know. How did the corgi get the sweater if he's living in the boathouse? Whose corgi is it? I never figured that out. I think it's Aaron and... Kyle's? I think so. The gay couple? Yeah. I know. It was... I don't know. It was just not something that I thought was fun. Okay. Okay. I just feel like if you're going to do a Christmas that's supposed to have like a lighthearted twist to it, uh-huh. maybe decide which disaster you want us to deal with <laughs> and go from there and not throw multiple disasters. Because do I think she should have told Andrew that in this previous time she made out with his brother? Probably not. Because she if that isn't to. reality... Like, if they already survived that day without that happening again, then, like, that's not a thing that happened. It's not reality any longer. There was no reason to tell it. Also, if you know that you're a lightweight, maybe don't drink the fire eggnog. Maybe just don't. I hate eggnog. I don't hate it, but I don't choose it. You know what I mean? But, like, if you know you're not good at drinking, don't drink. Don't get shit-faced. You know that about yourself. There are things that you learn. I know that about myself. And at 26, she She should should have known. Do you think she should have known that at 26 because we grew up faster than we needed to? No. I think once (laughs) you've had a bad night, you're done learning. And if you haven't learned, then you deserve every bad hangover you get from then on. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I was fortunate enough in my 20s not to get hungover. Yeah. Yeah, never had that problem. It's not until I got older that I was, now I wake up if I drink too much and I'm like, oh, God. Everything hurts. Wine is the worst. Yeah. Wine is the worst. Wine hangovers are a bad time. They're not great. All right. Well, I think that's it. pretty much it for In a Holidays. Yeah. You didn't like it. I did. One to five. I'm going to go two. Yeah? Yeah. I just didn't enjoy it. I gave it a four. Mm. I had a better time mm. with it. But why? <laughs> because I thought it was the only of the all the holiday ones that we've read. It was the only one that I found that I enjoyed outside of the Alina Jacobs one. See, if you're going to do something quirky and themed, I want it to be a good time. Because eating her Christmas cookies was hysterical. I know. I want to read some of her other ones. But this one, I like. If this was the first Christina Lauren I had ever read, I probably wouldn't go back to them. No, even if, even though this is book of the month, even though they are on multiple lists for sales. Yeah. If this was the example you gave me, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think so, because okay. they can do much better. Yeah. Even the other one that we read that I wasn't a huge fan of, Twice in a Blue Moon. Yeah, because I wasn't a huge fan of that one too. But that was. That's for different reasons. Yeah. Not like this one. That one just was not my speed. This one I just found incredibly boring. What about a romance where they create an app where you find your soulmate based on your DNA type? Oh, that's weird. Because that's their latest one. It's called the soulmate equation. I'm reading it right now. Everyone's doing weird science-y things suddenly. Have you noticed that? It's COVID. It has to be. It has to be because there's um, a bunch of new releases out and they're all, all. The love hypothesis. Built, built around all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. 
There's also a dark Disney romance out right now, I think. Is it by Katie Robert? I don't know. She writes a bunch of erotica about Disney villains. Oh, weird. Yeah. I have no idea. I just know I saw it on Instagram. I was like, weird. I've seen some weird books on Instagram lately. I keep getting, like, recommendations for things. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to read that. I keep getting a recommendation for a book where Instagram is like, we know you love Faye. You should try Faye Vampires. What? You can't be two of those things. You can't be both of those. That's weird. I don't like that. I don't know. Hard pass on that one. Strange. All right. Well, that was our ratings for In a Holidays. Um, Happy New Year. Have a yeah. happy new year. We'll see you in February. We don't know what we're rating yet. It's going to be a fun surprise. Surprise. I hope you enjoy it. Um, but we're going to figure that out um, in the interim. And uh, have a good rest of your year. And we will see you sometime in February once Kat and I figure that out. Are we going to have another um, working lunch? Probably. We probably need to. We should. That's the thing we do. We go have lunch and discuss the podcast briefly. Yep. And then we just talk about everything else. Yep. All right. Well, until next time, uh, have a good new year. And uh, remember that bad bitches read romance. Bye. Bye.